You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Here we are, folks. Welcome back to Prophet Pearls. This is Keith Johnson on Upside Down in the Earth. Nehemia Gordon is wandering somewhere on the western part of the United States. We are going to try our best to do Prophet Pearls, and I will tell you right now, this is a 50-50 proposition. Why is that? Because technology is not cooperating. We're going to get right into it, but before that, Nehemia, can we just let folks know that this really is... I mean, there's, there's no guarantee that we're going to be able to continue to do this. Let's let's just let them know what the situation Look, is. Look, uh, well, so the last episode, we, we had some serious technical difficulties. It was really the first, it was the second episode with you in, um, mm-hmm. you know, overseas, and um, it, it was a disaster. I mean, we had to keep stopping it and re-recording it. And, and you know, when you really pour your heart and soul in, into into doing this, it's not, you know, we're not reading from a script. We're not, we're, no. we're, we're giving our souls to scripture and then to have to redo that it's oh, it's tough it really, it really ta- it, it's, it takes a lot it might be like a, a 15 minute thing but it takes a lot out of you and and you know it and we actually had the discussion are we going to be able to continue this you know we had tried some stuff when i was in china and the internet was just so bad that that we mm-hmm. just you know i decided i couldn't continue doing that mm-hmm. um so yeah we're, please be in prayer for us about this and yeah. and uh you know and right. and hopefully it'll work out and in, in all seriousness, you know, one, one of the things that uh, we, we did is we, we, we've come up with a, a few backups, and those backups aren't the best, but at least would pot- potentially keep us in communication. But if it gets to the place where we just have too many issues, we'll have to come up with something else, or who knows what will happen. But for now, we're going to go ahead and get started in Ezekiel. And I, I'll tell you something, Nehemiah, I'm, I'm excited about this section. Uh, it's Ezekiel chapter 28, 25 through 29, 21. And, and we do have sponsors for this. And, and, and instead of giving the name, I, I love this. I love this. These two people are calling themselves servants of the Most High, El Elyon Yehovah. They just want to be uh, supportive of what we're doing. They didn't even have any questions, comments. They just have been uh, Prophet Pearl partners that have uh, helped us to be able to do this. And, you know, it's interesting, Nehemia, we, we didn't have any idea what the other issues were going to be regarding technology and yeah. phones and costs and all that. But we do had some people, we did have some people like uh, these two servants of Yehovah that um, that came alongside and, and supported us. So we want to give a shout out to them. And actually, there's a few that they, they sponsored. So hopefully we're going to be able to continue to do this. But we're in Ezekiel chapter 20. Um, can, can, I, can I give them a yes. Hebrew thanks? Oh, so, absolutely. So El, the Most High, obviously, in Hebrew is El Elyon. Mm-hmm. And um, servants of the Most High, Most High is Avde El Elyon. Mm. So, Todalachem Avde El Elyon. Aha, <laughs> I like that. Well, Nehemiah, i got to yeah. be honest with you. Um, whenever I open up the book of Ezekiel, I get the chills. And let really? me tell you why. I know why. Uh, I, well, actually, it's, there's for a couple reasons, but oh. to, something hit me early this morning. And I don't know if folks know it or not. We're actually recording this on Christmas morning where I'm at. <laughs> no, where you well, are. Well, now, now, I'm a little confused about that because where I am, okay. it's because you're, you're, you actually live in the future. I live um, in the future, yes. You got right in your TARDIS and traveled into the future. But yes, where I am, it's December 24th, and just around sunset time. Does that make it Christmas Eve? Or is that like on the Jewish calendar, it's Christmas Eve? <laughs> I, I really don't know the answer to that. Like, I was getting together with these people for Thanksgiving, and I had yeah. to ask an American, so do you eat the meal Wednesday night? Or is it Because <laughs> that's the Jewish mentality. So when is Christmas Eve? Is it December Look, 24th or 25th? The, the truth of the matter is some people start, 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 you know, you know, uh, 
getting ready on uh, on the eve of Christmas, as many people have the tradition that they, that's their Christmas day. Other oh. people wake up in the morning and make it Christmas day, and so literally it kind of c- covers both issues: so, the evening before so and the entire. Some people day. are on the Hebrew calendars, which you're trying to tell me. Yeah, for some people on the Hebrew what? calendar. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. So you know, it's interesting though. I'm over. I'm over in an area right now, and I, I mean, we could really get into this. It, it is. It is Christmas Day here in oh. the Far East, and I'm actually going to be spending some time out amongst the people. But for them, it's a work day. It's not, there's not a holiday. There's no issue. And actually, one of the things I appreciate about being over here, I'm in actually Shanghai, the most populous nation in the world. Most populous city in the most city. I'm sorry, nation. in the city. Yes, populous city. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but it's really interesting because they celebrate Christmas more in its uh, root beyond the religious issues. And they say, you know, um, the, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season or Yeshua is the reason for the season. Well, not over here. I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's none of that. I mean, they might have a Christmas tree or whatever, but they're they're thinking of it completely different. And I know you were here, mm-hmm. in a, obviously in a different part of uh, of China, but um, I really find that interesting. That uh, you know, there's not the religious significance to um, uh, the celebration. What, what it's, I found it's, weird it's, is when I was in you know in a mall in in Changsha and you know over Christmas last year, and they'd be having these songs about you know. Um, Purely religious songs, nothing about snow, but like purely religious songs. And I'd ask the people, "Do you know what that means?" And they're like, "No, we have no idea." No um, idea. And, no, and, and, no. and it's an itch, there's an interesting analogy I came up with. So you watch these these American movies, and there'll be some religious scene, and you mm-hmm. hear people doing this like you'll hear this choir singing a Latin uh, chorus. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Yep. You know, it's like those angelic voices. Now, what mm-hmm. are they really singing about? I mean, no one has any idea, and probably nobody cares. It just sounds religious. They might be mm-hmm. singing about, you know, the price of tea in China, but in Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what the Chinese, you know, they'll hear, um, you know, Noel and Silent Night. And to them, that's just pretty sounds. They don't even, they don't care what it means. Yeah, they, they, they just want to buy and sell. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, we're, we're actually, um, there's, there's, so much, there's so much going on. I mean, we can talk about yeah. a lot. But let's get right into this uh, with Ezekiel. The thing I wanted to say about the, the Ezekiel is I, I was, this morning I was thinking about him. And the reason I brought up this morning was because I was telling you it's Christmas morning over here, but it's Christmas Eve over there. But I was thinking this morning about uh, the ups and downs of Ezekiel, the highs and lows of his life. The, the, the fact that he sort of lived, and, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I mean, he really lived in the, the mountains and the valleys, you know, a prophet who could speak about what Yehovah says and then to deal with the reality, you know, his wife dies or he, you know, he's dealing with it, it's, it's so many things. Yeah, he's a tragic figure. He's a tragic figure. And, and yet Yehovah used him. And I mean, and I just have to say, when I read, like I say, I get the chills. I've had a number of um, interactions with this book. But we'll get right into it. But it really, it really just strikes me that he is such a, um, I don't know. He like he he lives life, sort of. You know, I don't I don't even know what the word is. I mean, you said tragic. I just I just thought about the the hills and the valleys of his life. I'm like, wow, amazing. Mm-hmm. So here we go, Ezekiel chapter twenty eight, twenty eight, verse yeah. twenty five. So here we've got a comment again, like we talked about in the last episode about how you have these sections. And, mm-hmm. and the sections are, um, you know, they're, they're you know, the chapters are later invention, and mm-hmm. so you would assume, well, in the Hebrew, they're going to go based on the original Hebrew sections, and that's not at all the case. Mm-hmm. So here, clearly in chapter twenty-nine, verse one, there's a, a, a new prophecy, and twenty-eight, twenty-five, mm-hmm. and twenty-six. What what are those doing in in this uh, week in this week's portion? Yeah, and the answer I think is simply they, you know, it's it's a happy story. You know, mm-hmm. there, there definitely was was you know this thought like we want to read something in the synagogue out loud. 
we'll read the stuff that's re- relevant for the portion. But also, mm-hmm. we also want sort of a lift me up. So verses twenty five and twenty six, they're the lift me up. I'm going to sing. I'm going to be happy. And when it gets to twenty nine, I'll let you take over with your 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 Methodist <laughs> okay. downtrodden. Okay, you go, you, go, you, you go ahead. You go ahead and start out with twenty five and twenty six. Okay. So it says, "Thus says Lord Jehovah." I love it when it says that. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh Lord," every time it's Lord. That's in, in the Hebrew. You know, in the English, that must be Yahweh or Jehovah. In the English, in the Hebrew, but that's not the case. Here it's Adonai Jehovah. So Adonai mm-hmm. actually appears in the Hebrew. Um, Thus says Adonai Yehovah, Lord Yehovah, when I gather the house of Israel from the peoples, that they were scattered in them, um, and I will be sanctified through them in the eyes of the nations, and yes. they will dwell upon their land, which I gave to my servant Jacob. And they, can I read twenty six? And they will yes. dwell a lot, and they will dwell upon it in uh, in in security, and they will build houses, um, and they will plant vineyards, and they will dwell securely. When I carry, and this is really interesting, I, I want you to read your 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 English translation of this mm-hmm. rest of the mm-hmm. verse. Can you do that? Okay. So when I inflict punishment on all their neighbors who malign them, <laughs> wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's interesting what that actually means. Here's how I would translate it. Although, uh, admittedly, it can be translated a number of ways. So it literally says here, "Basotishvatim." Shvatim is is maybe that should be the word of the week. Mm-hmm. So we've got the word shofet, uh, which is a judge. Shofet, we, have a, yes. and we actually have two Torah portions in the in the for those who want to listen to the original Torah pearls. We have two Torah portions. Shvatim is um, we have one called shoftim, which is judges, and mishpatim are judgments. And this one is shvatim, which is the result of judgment or verdicts. Mm-hmm. So tishvatim uh, so means when I carry out judgments or verdicts. And it says against all those who something them from their surroundings, and then the JPS it has, uh, let's see, all those about them who despise them. It translates it, which is definitely mm. what it says in the Hebrew. King James has despised them. But what did you have in yours? Uh, neighbors who malign malign them. them in NIV. Okay, so here's how I would translate it. But I, I suppose it's possible to translate uh, despise or malign. I would tra- here it's less clear. I would say all those who cause them to wander. Uh, in yes. their surroundings, from their surroundings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they shall know that I am Yehovah, your God, uh, their God. So mm-hmm. this is an amazing picture. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be this ingathering of the exiles, and Israel will dwell securely in the land, and all the nations will know that that God is true because of the ingathering of the exiles. And it's amazing. I'll, I'll speak to people all over the world today, and and their faith has been fundamentally transformed. Um, in my lifetime and in your lifetime, I mean, worldwide, there's just been fundamental transformation of people's faith over this issue of the of the Jews coming back to the land. So that it, it's mm-hmm. a fulfillment, and it's not we're not done, but this is mm-hmm. the beginning of the fulfillment of these verses in Ezekiel twenty eight, twenty five, and twenty six. That's what gets me so excited about this. You know, mm-hmm. he's describing this thing that that we take for granted because I was born in it. When I was born, this was the reality that that Israel. Mm-hmm. Jews, millions of Jews have been gathered into in from the four corners of the earth, and we're continuing to be gathered in through this process of of mm-hmm. Aliyah, of this uh, ascent to Israel, in gathering of the exiles. And but when he was saying this, it must have sounded insane. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he he the Jews have just been taken into exile. The, mm-hmm. the ten tribes were taken into exile, and and he's talking about how they're. This is the proof that our God is true. That we're going to come back to this place. 
and they mm-hmm. must have thought, "Yeah, right, Ezekiel. What are mm-hmm. you know? What did you, what are you smoking? Uh, not literally, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. you know." And, and and we read this, and we're like, "Yeah, of course that's true. No, this was an amazing prediction that mm-hmm. that you know for thousands of years sat on the pages in black and white, and people said, "Yeah, right." And now mm-hmm. we now we live in that time where it's a reality where we where we get the, we have the privilege of taking it for granted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's Hallelujah. interesting. There are people, uh, uh, commentators, who would say this. I think even in the 1800s and, and things, and they talk about the pe- uh, people coming back. And even then, they were like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, this place is uh, is not even a you know a legitimate." And they looked at it and they're like, what, "What? Like literally, what are you talking about?" And like you say, that's actually happened. One of the things that's interesting to me is when I read it, and it says they will live there in safety and will build houses. And and you know, there's this. I can't help it. I mean, I always have to talk about sort of the modern day. We talk about profit pearls for the, you know yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And today, this particular phrase causes a lot of angst uh, with people all over the world because you're talking about building houses. That immediately in their mind says they're 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 they're, they're expanding, and there's <laughs> they use that word that they're building you and I settlements. Been, yeah, they're building <laughs> they're building settlements. But you know what's something? I was just looking uh, yes a couple days ago. They just finished the international Bible contest, and Netanyahu actually was actually in this contest. He says he studied every week. He studies every week with his son, the prime minister of Israel. He studies every week with his son, and he prepares for this international contest. And they just had this contest. I was like, actually, I think it was on Tuesday, and uh, he made it. You know, he was there. Of course, he's the prime minister, so he can say, look, I, I, I qualified, but he didn't win. And what's interesting about this is um, – you know, when I reason I think about this is they ask these really in-depth questions. They ask yeah. about the prophet and the name and this and that and the other. But the other thing they talk about is circumstance in the Bible. So here's the, here's the prime minister who clearly knows that this verse exists. He clearly knows it's something that even we talked about before. Hearing hearing these portions read in the synagogue about um, uh, you know houses being built, and so I I I just what hit me was here's a person who's opening up the book. Reading the book and then leading and, and then attempting to lead lead a country like that's just not the case over here. I mean, we don't we, <laughs> the Bible the Bible is not a part of any aspects of what's going on. And one of the things that I have to say is they were talking about and he was talking about why um, he wanted to have this international. Uh, Bible contest because they have it for children, but why he wanted to have it for adults? And, and as they were discussing it, they were talking about the Bible being on the streets, meaning that the people of Israel would understand: yes, we're, we are we are the Jews, we've come back, but that the Bible, not just the traditions of men, not just the you know uh, the rabbinic rule and regulation, but the Bible itself, the Scriptures would be would be on the streets. So when I read this, I think about that, and I think about like you say, this is what's happening in present day. But it comes from this book. And so that just, I don't know, that really encouraged me. The prime minister put himself in a contest to see who knows most about the book. <laughs> yeah, isn't it amazing, though? Like, so yeah, going yeah. back to the verse, so mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's dissect this. What is this really saying? I, I mean, it's, it's saying very clearly, saying God is going to be sanctifi- sanctified in the eyes of the nations by the people of Israel coming back, dwelling in their land, building houses, planting vineyards and dwelling securely and it's those very things those exact things that are the proof of God the one true God that the nations are yelling and screaming and shouting in the United Nations and denouncing Israel all over the world and in the international press you Jews you're building homes you stole that land from the Palestinians wait a minute Mm -hmm. read the Bible 
It says it right here. This is proof that the one true God exists, and they don't Wait. want that proof to be heard. I think there's what an do you agenda mean, there. You're they don't want the people like, to read know. the Bible. They don't. They don't care about the Bible. That's the problem. <laughs> the Bible's got no. I'm no going to say something really controversial. Read yeah. the Quran. Did you know in the Quran it says that the God of the Quran gave Israel, gave the land of Israel to the people of Israel? They don't mm. preach that in the mosque, I'll bet. Now, we can no. talk about whether that's the true God or a false God, but even according to the people who don't believe the Bible, even their God says that this land belongs to Israel. And mm. despite that, all the nations want to come against Israel, just like mm. it talks about in Psalm chapter 2, for example, and murmur mm. and make noise and say, no, we are speaking against God's anointed people, and we will not let them live out a proof of the existence of the one true God by building homes and living securely. We're going to do whatever we can to stop them. We're going to call black, white, and white, black. We're going to call bitter, sweet, and sweet, bitter. And and we're going to make a mockery of truth. But whatever it takes, we're going to prevent the Jews from building their homes in their land of fulfillment of this verse. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting, too. We're, we're going to be, you know, as we're going through this, folks, and we've, we've done this. Uh, we started the, the beginning of our series. Uh, we did about 10 or so together. And, man, I'm telling you, we had all of our Bibles open. We had all these things going on. And it's so funny. I mean, I, I just believe, you know, Yehovah's hand is in, is in everything. So we've had these technology issues and struggles. And sometimes you wonder, are we going to make it through or are we not going to make it through? But one of the things, and I just want to continually uh, challenge people to do this because as we as we mentioned last time we're never going to be able to do everything even in these portions that are shorter than when we were doing the original uh, Torah pearls we'd have sometimes three chapters but we want to invite people to 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 read along with us to fill in the gaps to make comments to go to both nehemiahswall.com bfainternational.com share your comments with people because again I don't want to take the approach that we've got all the answers certainly the last passage (laughs) showed we don't have all the answers but by us opening the book, reading the book, asking how it can apply to us today, what it meant yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I think that that's the beauty of, of Prophet Pearls. Again, so the invitation is real. We really, really need you now. We're not even sure we're going to be able to continue. But as we do this, we want people to study along with us. So uh, let's keep reading. Um, and Prophecy Against Egypt. You know, I was um, – one of the things about this is before I read this is th- uh, one really, really powerful thing to do is to find out what's happening in history historically like, that doesn't show up in scripture. In other words, what was going on with the nations at that time and boy, there's just – there's so much in the Hemet, um as far as what's happening with Egypt and what was happening with Babylon and, and Israel in between. Um, but I'm going to read this. It's in 29 verse 1. It says – and I, I, lo- I love whenever there's time – uh, in, in the Bible, it says, in the 10th year, I'm reading out of the NIV, of course, here, in the 10th year, in the 10th month, on the 12th day. So, I mean, this is pretty specific. I mean, we're talking about a specific year, we're talking about a specific month, and we're talking about a specific day. And this happens with Ezekiel, you know, a lot. He'll say, on this day, at this particular time. So, so the mo- be- yeah, the month and the yeah. day I got, what, what's the year? No, no, it's, well, that's a great question. It says, in the, the 10th year. Of what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and we and we really could do like a whole long teaching just on that. Exactly. And, and it's not exactly clear in the end. That's the answer. It's it's not clear. But one of the things that is interesting is about yeah. looking at um like I said, what was what we what we think is happening sometime within that period of time um that Ezekiel's prophesying. And, and just to give people yes. an idea, so it says the tenth year, is it the tenth year of Nebuchadnezzar? Is it because mm-hmm. he was taken uh, into exile by Nebuchadnezzar, um, as Ezekiel mm-hmm. was? Is it the tenth year of um, the exile, which began in 597 BCE? Is mm-hmm. it the tenth year of you know one of the kings of Judah, you know, who maybe mm-hmm. isn't even reigning anymore? Meaning, it could be the tenth mm-hmm. year of 
of uh, Yehoiachin or Jeconiah. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be the tenth year of Zedekiah. It's really, <laughs> it's not entirely clear. <laughs> Isn't there something? Wow. Yeah. So it says here, it's he says, "Son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all of Egypt, and speak to him and say, this is what the sovereign Lord in the NIV says. The this is what uh, what's Adonai Yehovah." Uh, I hope that's. I, I hope that it, that says uh, in twenty nine uh, three. One second. Um, look at twenty nine three. So it's Adonai Yehovah again. Sovereign. It's Adonai Yehovah. So why do they say Sovereign Lord? <laughs> it says Lord Yehovah. That's weird. Because I would think Sovereign it, translates the word Melech King, but mm-hmm. in this case, it's translating the word Lord. So just, mm-hmm. that makes no sense. Well, maybe because they already had decided that it's Lord Lurch, so they didn't want to say, uh, thus no, says Lord Lurch. Oh, yeah, of course they didn't want to say Lord twice, <laughs> but Sovereign Lord, yeah, they're just making okay. stuff up is what you're telling me. Yeah, uh, they're coming, they're coming up with the, they're coming up with their attempt to, uh, to, uh, uh, try to, try to fix it gotcha. <laughs> without just sharing what it actually says and not doing such a good job. Hmm. I am against you, Pharaoh, King of Egypt, your great monster. Oh my goodness. You, you great monster lying among your streams. Monster. That's what it says. What does it say in the Hebrew? Now? Monster. Okay, so that, so that's real interesting that it's monster because, like, contextually, so so it's crocodile. Mm-hmm. Tanim is um, possibly a crocodile. That, that's my take on it. Um, He's a gadol. He's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> so so in the context here, it has to mean crocodile because that's what's in Egypt, and it's talking about scales later in the next verse, I believe. And crocodiles mm-hmm. have scales, not. The scales like fish, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't buy that. It's it's monster. You don't like you don't like the monster. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't accept that. Okay, no. you say the Nile is mine. I made it for myself, but I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of your streams stick to your scales. There, you're talking about the scales. Yeah, I will pull you out from among your streams. And and I want to say as as we're reading this, here's what I think is so interesting. We when you're reading, like this is an example where he's saying he's talking about Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, if I wanted to, I could skip that first part of context and specifically talk about the great monster. Mm. And you'd have no idea. <laughs> whatever, well, why, whatever. Why are you saying that? Are there people who do that? What, what do you mean? Are there people that do that? They're entire. If, if they're right, I didn't know no, about so it. My point, is, <laughs> my point is that if there's a great monster, I could say. So who's the great monster, according to those people? Yes, I'm saying, Nehemiah, this is what I could do. But in context, he's saying who no, it is that he's talking right. about. So, so you're saying that's the wrong interpretation, but I'm not even familiar with this wrong interpretation. Who is it? Is it maybe Satan? Is that who you're talking about? I have no idea. No, you're, you're telling me no, – stop joking. Are you telling me there's people who actually take this passage and say it's speaking about Satan? I didn't say that. No, but is that what you're saying? I've no, never, what I'm saying I've never is heard that, that in my if life. I wanted to, what I'm saying is this. I mean, it could be, I it could to, be that I want to start my own that. denomination, okay? Okay. Oh. Here's the deal. The denomination is going to be based, based on battling the great monster, mm-hmm. okay? Now, here's the point. How does the passage start? Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and right. then gives a picture of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Right. Let's just cut that part out. Okay. Let's just talk about the great monster. I can open the Bible. I can show you. I've got a translation. It's the great monster, right. and I could build an entire teaching, uh, revelation, thoughts exa- about the great monster. But again, language, history, and context. What's yeah. the context here? He's speaking about Pharaoh. Even if it's the great crocodile, or yeah. even if they say it's the great monster. The point is, it's a picture of what he's dealing with. And I think this happens, and I know we've talked about this before, it happens over and over in Scripture. There's a picture that's being brought forth that's supposed to be a picture 
of the reality of the situation and the reality is removed and the picture becomes prominent. Right. That's and, and I think we do have to point out that sometimes the picture is something in reality and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the, the picture is something um, what we might call mythical or imaginary. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 27, actually the verses that we just missed, it wasn't in our section. <laughs> they talk about, you know, about these various types of giant serpents that are going to be slain, which represents death in that passage. So, yeah, so so I think we have to talk about the phrase, the Nile is mine, I made it for myself, because that's, that's Pharaoh's sin. Pharaoh's mm-hmm. sin is that he doesn't recognize God. And, you know, I, I always think, there's two examples that I think about, and um, maybe you could uh, pull them up using your quick little computer program there, because you've got a Macintosh now, right? <laughs> and, and I hear with, you could, like, build bridges with Macintoshes and go into outer space with it. It's like... I'm just the PC person. Listen, so, let me tell you, I just want to find out how to keep the thing on. <laughs> okay. So so there's two passages this brings to mind. Um, one is um, in Daniel where Nebuchadnezzar is walking through his kingdom and he looks around and he says, I made this all by myself. I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. And then he gets stricken as an animal-like disease for seven years or whatever it is. Um, and the other is the king of Assyria who comes to destroy Israel. And um, this is the time of, uh, of Hezekiah, and he says a really similar thing that I made this all by myself. I, you know, I, I'm invincible. Your God can't do anything to me, and mm-hmm. God strikes him in, in that instance as well. And in both cases, there's this pride. And, and every time I hear it in Israel, I, I'm speaking about Israel. This may happen in other countries, but, but I hear this in Israel a lot, and it makes me really nervous. It actually makes me scared. I'll hear people say, "We have the most powerful army in the world. We built this all by ourselves." We built this country. We built this, you know, this this uh, amazing army. Um, and then I, it always makes me really nervous because it sounds like it's right out of this passage and those other two passages. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, and, and, and there is a remnant in Israel who recognizes that it is Yehovah who gave us the power to do these things and, and enabled us to do these things. And without him, we, you know, our... our you know, literally, our wheels would have been coming off in the mud, um, like Pharaoh going through through the. You know, Pharaoh had an amazing army, but when when it came to chasing Israel, you know, God took his wheels off, and he could do that to to us just as easily. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are and there are stories about that that you know people in the Israeli army fighting the enemy and the enemy just disappeared, and, or the enemy ran away. You know about that in the Yom Kippur War, for example. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, so so I I really I literally get scared whenever I hear people saying we did this with our great might, we made all this wealth and greatness with our great might, uh, and I'm like, guys, <laughs> this is the creator of the universe. We have to give him the honor, otherwise we'll mm-hmm. end up like Egypt and Assyria and Babylon. And it's interesting the pra- the phrases that you're just you're talking about is yeah. exactly sort of you know his. I mean, obviously, that's the point. The point is, he's saying, yeah. denial is mine. He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of your streams stick to your scales. Pull you out from among your streams, and with all the fish sticking to your scales, I will leave you in the desert, you and all the fish of your streams. You will fall on the open field and not be gathered or picked up. I will give you as food to the beasts of the earth and the birds of the air. Then, but then this is what I love about verse 6. Then, all these things are going to happen. All who live in Egypt will know that I am Yehovah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's even in that, I, I, keep, I keep getting this thing over and over again, where I just think about how big and how awesome and how amazing uh, the creator of the universe is, that he, that he, he deals with the, the, the friend and foe. He deals with you know, Israel in their disobedience. He deals with them in their obedience. There's redemption. There's, 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 there's accountability. And even those other nations, and we're going to get into that, that are used as a part of that plan. 
Right. I mean, it's just, ah, wow. Then they'll know that I am Yehovah. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, go ahead and you can read the next, next, uh, next couple of verses. Okay, so you stopped in the middle of the verses. It says, uh, mm-hmm. they will know that I am Yehovah because you have because. been a, um, uh, a reed staff for the house of Israel. I love this mm-hmm. imagery. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to read from the JPS here. Um, this is really great imagery in the Hebrew as well. When they grasped you with the hand, you would splinter and wound all their shoulders. And think about that. You know, you're you're walking on almost like a crutch or a um, mm-hmm. or a walking stick made of reed. And anybody who's dealt with reed, um, you know, papyrus is probably the original thought here of, of you know Egypt. But any reed in a in a, in a stream. It, you know, it's it's like bamboo, or actually, it's not like bamboo. <laughs> bamboo is very strong, but the reeds in the Middle East are very weak, and they splinter, and they'll go right through mm-hmm. your hand. They'll splinter through. You know, you're you're leaning on it with your hand. It'll splinter into your. It'll break, splinter into your hand, and go all the way into your shoulder, wound all their shoulders. And when they leaned on you, you would break and made all their loins unsteady, meaning they they, they fell. Um, I love that image of of the you know the the pierced hand and the pierced shoulder and and mm-hmm. the person falling down. That's an amazing image, and so 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 the very walking stick that they trusted is the one that pierced through their hand, and um, that's a powerful image. It's one that appears a number of times in, in Isaiah as well, and, um, and and what's what's the idea here that there's this this international superpower, Egypt, and the other international superpower is Assyria and later Babylon and later Persia, um, but really it's Egypt against Assyria that's being you know, and, and then against Babylon. That, that we have this image for, and, and Israel's in the middle. Israel's being, you know, it's being squeezed in the middle between the two superpowers. And what God is saying is, trust me, don't trust Egypt. Trust me, don't trust Babylon. Don't trust Assyria. And instead, Israel says, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to trust you. I'm going to go trust the superpower. And to this very day, that that is um, something that causes Israel to suffer, trusting in a superpower instead of trusting in the greatest superpower of all time, the one that Amen. never falls, the one that never never stumbles, the one that never has the pierced hand, the one who will always be powerful, Yehovah, the creator of the universe. Amen. Mm. Amen. And you know, this phrase comes up and we can stop and, and, and look at it and see it and talk about it, but it really is an important phrase. As I'm reading through this, you know, the phrase jumps out over and over again, then they will know that I am Yehovah, then they will know that I am Yehovah, then they will know mm-hmm. That I am Yehovah, or that I am the Sovereign Lord in the NIV. I am Yehovah Adonai. Adonai Yehovah. Um, it's like, it's like uh, again, again. It's like this, this, the rhythm of of what's happening. You can get caught in listening to what's going on and hearing it and understanding it. And then he says, and then they will know. And then there's some more, and it says, yeah. and then they will know. I mean, that's. I mean, is is it fair to say it's like, and all this is going to happen? The purpose that they will know. That I yeah. am Yehovah. I mean, wow. <laughs> All right, let me read a few verses here. Yeah. Assuredly, thus says Lord Yehovah, Lo, I will bring a sword against you and will cut off man and beast from you. This is mm-hmm. something about Egypt. Um, mm-hmm. So that the land of Egypt shall fall into desolation and ruin, and they shall know that I am Yehovah, because he boasted, The Nile is mine, and I made it. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Um, it's not just a river in Egypt, it's the symbol of their, their, their defiance. They're not mm-hmm. relying on God. Um, they're believing in their own power and not the power of the creator. Um, mm-hmm. Verse 10, uh, therefore, uh, behold, I am going to your, um, it's funny, it says to your, to, uh, to your chant, to deal with you and your channels, and I will reduce the land of Egypt to utter ruin and desolation from Migdol to Siena all the way to the borders of Nubia. That's in the JPS uh, in, in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually from the Tower of Svena, um, mm-hmm. which 
presumably maybe Aswan, who knows. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. all the way into the border of Kush, which was the you know the kingdom of Kush, which was in mm-hmm. you know Sudan today and part of mm-hmm. Ethiopia. Um, no man, no foot of man shall traverse it, and no foot of beast shall traverse it, and it shall remain un- uninhabited for forty years. And that's really mm-hmm. interesting. So mm-hmm. when did what's that the forty years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when was that? And, and it's interesting, you know, Henry, we're talking about the dates and times and stuff yeah. like that. And so here comes this specific date. Now, what do you want to do? I mean, what, I mean, I've, you want to find out. So when are, when are those 40 years? Is that going to let me know exactly what that, that, that those dates are and when those dates are? And I mean, it's, or is that, is that an image? 40 years meaning. Thus says the Chemia, the 40 years begins with the Arab Spring. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So here's where we could make up our own theologies. We could say it was in the time of the Persians or the Assyrians, or maybe it's something in the future, or maybe it was mm-hmm. something sometime historically in the Middle mm-hmm. Ages. I mean, it's you know, here's an interesting situation. When we talk about the 70 years of Israel being in exile in Babylon, we know exactly when it began. I should say yep. exactly. We know roughly when it Pretty began close. and roughly when it ended <laughs> within yeah. a few years. Um you know, they say 586 to 516 BCE, you know, and I would say mm-hmm. give or take a few years. Um, but the 40 years of Egypt being desolate, I, I don't know. Neither does anybody else. You know, maybe it had something to do with the with the Babylonian invasion. Um, it wasn't really desolate. There was definitely problems, but, yeah, I don't – it's not really clear. I so, you, you know, you're so much temp- – you're, you're tempting me to get into something I really don't want to get into. Come on, but preach it. I'm really, I'm really having a hard time. I, and for me, I really – this has really, really been a struggle for me. Yeah. Uh, over the last year, um, I, I have really struggled with what I call uh, the sensationalism of, of taking aspects of Scripture or outside of Scripture issues and then trying to connect them with Scripture – and, and how far people are willing to go and, and how far they're willing to go even in – and I got to be so careful in how I say this. But even in deception where there will be deception because it fits. I mean if, if, we, can, if, we, can, if we can get it to fit, even if we got to fudge a little bit uh, – can I go further? Even if we have to lie, we're going to make it fit. And I think that's the thing that I, I – one of the reasons I'm, I'm really excited about doing this and really I prayerfully hope that we can continue – to do this with the technological challenges and the, and the, the wandering Jew and the upside down Methodist and and everything else, but but what I love about this is opening up. And when it doesn't fit, we don't say we're going to make it fit. If we don't have the answer, we don't say we're going to create an answer. If the answer's there, we're going to drive that truck right through the wall. But when the answer's not there, being willing to say it doesn't fit or we don't know, and that's what I. I have to tell you, I am really, and I'm trying not to, to be really overly specific here, but I've really become um, uh, less patient when, when, when I see that happening, especially as it pertains to Scripture. Take one aspect of Scripture and knowingly attempt to lead people down a road of deception, to me, has got to be one of the, it just, I don't even know what word to say. It's, uh, I'm, I'm struggling with that. So I'm glad that we're not trying to do that. I'm glad you're not going to write that book. You're not going to write the book about the 40 years starts. Wait, wait, wait. No, <laughs> no this, this will be the basis of my ministry. The 40-year <laughs> prophecy of Nehemiah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. 40-year prophecy of Ezekiel yeah. revealed. No, so, so I completely understand what you're saying. And, and But I, I, maybe I'm a little naive. You know, you're accusing people of doing this, you know, they, they, they want to be sensational. They want to, mm. you know, sell books and things. I don't know. I, I, I've met a lot of people who say some of the wackiest things you could imagine – and they really deep down believe it, and and oh, you know, and I'm, I'm reminded of, a, of ignorant. 
I, look, I'm I'm innocently ignorant, maybe, but you know, I'm reminded of a, a, a famous saying of of um, one of the most brilliant scientists of all time. His name was Richard Feynman, and he said, "The mm-hmm. first principle is that you must not fool yourself, and you are the easiest person to fool." And <laughs> and I gotta wonder if those people are they really uh, intentionally deceiving others, or are they do they just so desperately want to believe it that they first fooled themselves and then okay. they go out and, and, and fool and maybe, the others. And I, you know I, I want to give know, them the benefit of the doubt. I can't see in their heart. I would like to say to you, I want to thank you for that. I want to try to keep that as the category that they're, they're that they that they fooled themselves. And now they're attempting to fool others. Okay, I'll go with that. Okay, but you know, I, and I wish that I wish I knew that that was the case all the time. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case in some circumstances. It really are just it's bothering Look, I'm me. I'm still bitter about the thing on what was it like 2012? There was like the end of the t- world, and and you were supposed to be raptured away, and I was supposed to get your iPad, and and, and it didn't happen. And and I, no. I'm still bitter about that. The guy gave a specific date. All the Christians would be taken away. Jews yeah. throughout the world were celebrating. And, you know, <laughs> except we're going to get left behind with some other people we don't really get along with. <laughs> we'll take you guys first. And it never happened. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the list goes on. And the list goes on. So, I mean, again, you know, we can we can, we can do this. But I, I think I, I really appreciate the fact that we're stopped on this issue of the 40 years and that we could read this passage and we could look at it in, every, in the languages and we can go to all the different aspects and still not know what those 40 years are and 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 or when they when they took place or when they will take Until place you read my book and buy my yeah. dvd the secret yeah. of the 40 years revealed yeah coming soon to a bookstore near you yeah okay <laughs> can i start can 40 i 40 years 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 yeah go ahead yes <laughs> yet this is what <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> That this oh, yeah. is what the Sovereign Lord says. This is what Adonai Yehovah says at the end of 40 years. And then again, here it comes again. I, and I, I think this is – now this is, is interesting. It says at the end of the 40 years, I will do what? Now, have we done the word of the week yet? Did we actually give them the word of the week? I know we did this word before. Well, I think the word um, was Shvatim, which is Shin Pei Tet Yud Mem. You didn't but, tell them what it was. Okay, I mean, I'm telling them, them now. It's The word okay. of the week was Shvatim, which means to carry out judgment um, or verdict. And that was up in the previous verse, and it's related to the word shoftim, judges, and mishpatim, uh, judgments, and this is the carrying out of judgment, shvatim, and um, the three-letter root, like every word in the Hebrew language, is shin pei tet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, now, let me ask you a question. We're at 20, I want to go to 29.13, you're gonna, okay? You're going to go for another word of the week, aren't you? I know. No, it. no, I'm not. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm really not. We're in 29.20? What are you talking about? What happened to verse No, no, 13? no. 29.13. No, 13. Yeah, okay, 13, yeah. Go 13, 13. Yet yeah, this is what, uh, this is what uh, the Sovereign Lord says in the NIV. At the end of 40 years, I will gather the Egyptians. Uh-huh. Now, I want to ask you a question. Is that the same gathering that takes place? Is that the same word for gathering? Yeah, absolutely. That's the word kibbutz that we had before in a wow, previous isn't week. Some... I will kibbutz yeah. the Egyptians. I will gather them in. And isn't it great? Isaiah 56. I always think of Isaiah 56 where Yehovah mm-hmm. talks about he get, will gather in Israel and he will gather others into those who he has gathered. And maybe mm. the Egyptians are some of those others who are gathered. And now I mm. want to get really controversial, and I'm just thinking out loud here, and you could say it's completely ridiculous, Nehemiah. Um, maybe, maybe we're not literally talking about Egypt here. Maybe we're talking here, and maybe there's a literal level and a non-literal, that maybe there's a spiritual Egypt who is scattered among the nations and God is gathering them back. And then I think of the verse in Isaiah where it talks about how God will have three nations – 
Egypt, Assyria, and um, and Israel. And I and I wonder if Egypt and Assyria there represent literally what today is you know Egypt and Iraq, or if they represent um, different groups of people who are Gentiles who are going to be part of God's people. I'm just thinking out loud. I don't know. We'll edit that out. Okay, folks. No, I'm just kidding. Lama, mafito. <laughs> no, I like that. I actually like that. And again, again, one of the questions that we even want to ask is when are we looking at a picture that's right. a picture both in practicality for, for then and, and potentially a spiritual right. picture. Well, and, and here's what also, I'm not saying, so, just to be really yeah. clear. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell a story. Uh, this was in 2005. Mm-hmm. I was traveling around uh, the U.S. I did 42 speaking events in one year. Mm-hmm. It was in, actually mm-hmm. a three-month month period. It was insane. And I met this one man somewhere like in Ohio or something like that, and he, and he was telling me his whole doctrine and theology of the end times. And he had this really elaborate story, very specific of exactly what was going to happen in the exact sequence and the exact timing. And part of the, the, the elaborate story uh, had to do uh, – well, part of the elaborate story had to do with um, something like – I may be getting some of the details wrong – but America being Ephraim – uh, representing Ephraim or Ephraim, and England representing uh, um, you know Menashe, the two the two brothers, the two tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. And then I then I was here, actually the same very city where I am right now, Seattle, Washington. I'm visiting my sister here, and back in 05 I was speaking here, and I met another man who told me an elaborate story, which was strikingly identical to the other man's story. And I said to him at the end, I said, you sound just like so-and-so. That's amazing. Do you guys know each other? And he got very irate. He said, oh, no. He says America is Ephraim and England is Manasseh. And I say America is Manasseh and England is Ephraim. And I'm like, what? You guys just told this entirely imaginative story, imaginary story about what's going to happen in the end times, which might be true. But I don't see it. It could be true. But what, you, what they did is they took here a little, there a little, half a verse here, three verses there, two words there. Precept and upon they, precept. Exactly. And they, and they <laughs> wove themselves the tapestry of, of, of the scenario that was going to happen. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. one of the details was different. So I don't want people to walk away and say, Nehemiah says that Egypt is, is the nations and Assyria. Egypt is the Christians and Assyria is the Muslims and they will be mm-hmm. gathered unto God. That's not what I'm saying saying i don't know what it means i'm saying here's a possibility let's consider um, well and you know and, and the reason i suggest that possibility is i can point to you and say here were the jews who were taken exile by the babylonians here are the 10 tribes who were taken Babylon of israel who were taken exile by the assyrians where in history do we have the egyptians taken as exiles for 40 years i don't know hmm. about that in history and so maybe egypt isn't literally egypt here i don't know it's possible or maybe it's happened in history and we just don't know about it maybe it will well, happen could, next week you know who knows i could i could actually i, I could actually yeah. go down uh, the road of uh, of bringing some thoughts about why why that might be but i, yeah. I again i think i like i like the idea of of the, it, it being a possibility again, yeah. the issue becomes when it, it's this is what's going to happen, and in you fact, we're going to break fellowship that if you don't. Uh, yeah, if you don't, Egypt represents if you don't, the Scottish. You yeah, must if you don't agree, yeah, then exactly. all of a sudden but, we can't we can't talk anymore. I mean, right. that's that's <laughs> where that's where things get dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So um, now, can I read this this fourteen? Uh, read it. Preach it. Okay, I will bring them back from captivity, return them to the upper Egypt, the land of their ancestry. Ancestry. There, there will be a lowly kingdom. It will be the lowest of kingdoms and will never again exalt itself above the other nations. Now, when I read that, then I say, okay, so the gathering, because we have to add that into the aspect. The aspect is he's going to gather them so that they will not be uh, able to stick their chest out and say this is 
this is what we've done. They will never again, it says in 15, exalt themselves above uh, the other nations. Right. I will make it so weak that it will never rule over the nations. Yeah. So, and, and we have to bring the possibility that this has already <laughs> happened. Meaning, mm-hmm. the, And specifically, if you look at the, the history of Persia, um, the Persian mm-hmm. Empire was this, this huge empire that lasted several hundred years, and the history is really murky. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that happened that were really not clear. There were all kinds of you know splits and factions and rival uh, you know kings and emperors, um, and so this could have actually already happened. And maybe that's why mm-hmm. Egypt to this day is a second-rate nation, mm-hmm. and probably always well, will be. Well, let me let, and I have I, I will just say this: I have been waiting to get to this verse. Now, this happens to be this happens to be where one of those one of those verses where. I, I desperately want to you know find out what else is happening just because of the timing of it. But it says, and please check check, check me here. It says in the twenty seventh year. We don't know Wait, what, what year that is. And what happened to verse sixteen? I thought we were at six, sixteen. It will no longer be a source of confidence for the people of Israel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what you're? Reading? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead and talk. Never about again that. shall they be to the trust of the house of Israel, recalling its guilt and having turned to them, and they shall know that I am Lord Jehovah. Okay, now verse seventeen. <laughs> Oh, he's going to bring a <laughs> There's a new book off that verse. Okay, it's one of the most important verses in the entire Bible. Have I even said that once this entire section? <laughs> I was thinking I'm about saving that it for the end. I've been counting. We're up to 72 of the top 50. No, no. I'm <laughs> saving it for the end. In the 27th year, in the first month, on the first day. Boy, oh boy. What? First month, first day? Is is, 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 I mean, is there anything hitting there? Is there anything hiding there? I mean, is it, was it really on the first month of the first day? Like, wh- which first Wait, month so was that? Wait, this is really apropos. This is appropriate. Because today, yeah. where I am, is December 24th, and this will be yep. broadcast January 15th, and this took place January 1st, right? <laughs> is, that, is that what it's the first day of the first month, right? What? No, no, no. We're talking Wait, about so the was this Rosh Hashanah month, the first day of the first month? No, I don't think so. I think it's no. the first day of the first month. I think yeah, it's not the, the seventh yeah. month, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's not the seventh month, okay. and it's interesting because uh, we could go and say, "Well, yes, it, it was because in those where Ezekiel was, that's that's the way they were counting time. They were counting it based on the seventh month, and and, and they would argue that and go, you know." Yeah, but they still called in, it the seventh month if they wanted absolutely. to say the first month. Meaning, it, they could have said Tishrei, which was the seventh month, uh, but mm-hmm. if you said it in the Hebrew terms, you called it the seventh month. And yep. actually, even in the Babylonian system. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they also they began their year in the seventh month, but they also called it the seventh month. That's why it was so convenient for the rabbis, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, now I will say this as he as he as he's hearing this hearing this word from Yehovah, um, this is where we get into interesting, you know, and in specifically speaking, uh of, of the king of Babylon. Mm-hmm. And I mean and I don't know what I don't know. I tell you what I want to want you to do, Nehemiah. I know that people get a chance. Hopefully, people are taking advantage of listening to the passage being read in Hebrew, both at NehemiahsWall dot com and a um, Biblical Foundations Academy, uh, BFA International dot com. Uh, we have Nehemiah actually reading the entire passage, and I have to say, when when I hear the passage, especially some of the names. So in in seventeen, uh, verse eighteen, how would you say in Hebrew what we always call Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> yeah, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, like in that movie, there was the ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. Um, so yeah, it's Nebuchad. There's actually two forms of the name in Hebrew. One is mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar, which is the more well-known version. But here in verse 18, it actually says Nebuchadnezzar with, mm-hmm. with a resh. So isn't it interesting? The same word can be with an R or with an N. Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Boy, you know, I don't. You probably don't remember this, but we were uh, having conversation about the why this was happening. 
we won't go into that right now. Okay. But anyway, so 18. Yeah. So go ahead and read it, 18 and 19. All right, this is the JPS. Oh, I can't stand it. All right, it says, O mortal. In Hebrew, it says Ben Adam, which is son of man. Son mm-hmm. of man, King Nebuchadnezzar, or Nebuchadrezzar. Actually, in the JPS, it says Nebuchadrezzar with the R. Does it? Yeah. It's an R. Okay. Nebuchadrezzar. <laughs> <laughs> King Nebuchadrezzar of Babylon has made his army expend vast labor on Tyre. Tyre is a city in Lebanon. Every head is rubbed bald, is rubbed bald, and every shoulder scraped. But he and his army have had no return for the labor he expended on Tyre. Assuredly, thus says Lord Jehovah, I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadrezzar, king of Babylon. He shall carry off her wealth and take her spoil, and seize her booty, and she shall be the recompense of his army, as mm-hmm. as the wage for which he labored for that for what they did for me. I give him the land of Egypt, declares Lord Jehovah. That's, that's wow. amazing on so many levels. Wow. <laughs> and hist- and I'm telling you, we can read, and that's that's what I said about history. I have to just give one little quick story. One of the things that I am doing over here, my wife, Andrea, has um, been selected to do a really important uh, um, job over here. She's working with some people that are establishing uh, uh, Montessori schools in China, which if you know anything about the education system in China, this is a really big deal because they're very, very strict in how they teach and what they do and what they want the kids to do and the tests they have to be made. And, and the ne- and the, the Montessori way is 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 completely different than that. Uh, some really really smart people went through Montessori. In fact, the the, the founders of Google are, were Montessorians, and so really? the Chinese. Yes, the Chinese people are very open to having a shift in their educational approach. So what I've said to her is, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to be supportive of her. As she's been supportive of me, and one of the ways that I can be supportive is to be able to to expand some of the things that we're doing from this part of the world. Because as she's doing this work with them, I'm here and being supportive of her. But one of these, one of the things that happened, I mean, I thought a lot about you because we were in a, I was in a home with some Chinese people, and 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 I'm one of the things I've decided to do is I'm not going to be illiterate here. I'm going to learn the language. I'm going to learn to read and, and write, and I'm I'm doing that diligently. But what I love about children is <laughs> little children is they're so honest. So as I was reading through this. <laughs> As I was reading through this passage, I thought about you and me. And it says, it says, and every head was rubbed bare. So I'm over at this house. Wait, wait, wait. And I, let me finish. No, hold on. <laughs> so I'm over at this house, Nehemi, and I've got on my hat because it's cold over here at this particular time of the year. And I take off my little hat. Well, and not just as it's cold. Says, they don't really use central heating. You're kidding me. It's freezing. Yeah. So the little girl says to me in Chinese, mayo hair. <laughs> mayo hair, no hair. <laughs> So I take my I take my little hat off and she looks at me the first thing she says, You don't have any hair on your head. (laughs) Kids are so honest and I thought about Ezekiel, my head has been rubbed bare. (laughs) I don't know if it's true that's the way it says, but Nehemia, also your hair has also been rubbed bare. This is a choice, Johnson. It's a choice. (laughs) Okay. All right. Anyway, let's go. Let's continue. This is what he says. Okay, so we're talking about uh, Tyre, and he's talking about Egypt. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to skip ahead to the most important verse. No, let's skip I ahead. I think it's in the passage, but I want to give you a chance to comment before I no, uh, say what I want to say. Go ahead. I'm waiting for my verse at the end. Oh, okay, verse you want 20. 21? Is 21 yeah. yours? Yeah, 21 is mine. Well, we'll can share. I, can it. I we'll talk share about? It, but, can, I, can I? Can I? Can I just talk about 20? Because we really sure. are getting. Yeah. We're getting okay. He says, "I have given him Egypt as a reward for his efforts because he and his army, and check me if I'm wrong." Did it for me. Mm-hmm. What? That's what it says. What? 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 I, I mean, I. This is where I almost have to have the revival music. That that all through Scripture, you know, it's like the hardening heart of Pharaoh. You know, 
I hardened his heart that my name might be known. It's like it's 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 like when you get into this this conversation about just how big he is, that they shall know that I am Yehovah. Just how amazing he is, how how his hand can be in the smallest detail and in the largest movement in the earth, in in the in the in the, the creation of everything, and then the smallest thing like the picking of a wife for 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 um for uh for Isaac. It's like it's like he can do everything. And here he says and in this, he says, they did this. Did what? What they did? They did it for me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just, I don't know what, why that overwhelms me. It just overwhelms me that, that we look at situations and circumstances, and we've talked a lot, a lot about this. You know, his will shall be done on the earth is what our, our book, our Prayer to Our Father, Hebrew Origins of the Lord's Prayer. It shall be done. Why? Because he's running this show. He's the one. He's not up there wondering, oh, what's going on over there in Israel? What's going on over in Africa? What's happening in America? He knows what's going on. His hand is in what's happening. And that's why he's worthy of all of our praise, all of our energy, all of our devotion, all of our love. And I mean, he is that amazing. And when I read this verse, it just shows me how amazing he is. He's like, you know, you see all this stuff going on? They did it for me. Wow. Well, so here's the question I ask. So... And this is something we see in a number of places that, um, mm-hmm. you know, God will um, will punish Israel, for, let's say, or in this case, Egypt, and he hit. It's like a father hitting a child with a rod. You know, that's the ancient image. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in this case, Babylon is the rod. So does Babylon mm-hmm. know that they're working for Jehovah? I don't believe so. I mean, clearly not from the Book of Daniel. They don't. You know, he, no. doesn't, he doesn't find out until no. <laughs> he gets no. messed with. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. So, so I just had so to, isn't that interesting? You know, they don't know. They don't even realize why they're doing what they're doing. No, they Yehovah, don't. I mean, isn't that he? Isn't he amazing? He might yeah. be using you or using me in ways that we don't even realize. Oh, little things. That, and, and I have to say, you know, I want to give a, a, a ministry minute here, if we can, before we get to sure. the verse, because I'm sure when we get to this verse, you might go 20 minutes, and, oh, and we'll, if, by yeah. then, the, hopefully, this thing will click off. The technology will. End it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it's a, it, it really is something to him about the the way how big he is and the way he works in, in small ways and big ways. You know, you were in China, um, and we didn't know how long you were going to stay. But one of the things that we um, we determined to do this last fall is we determined to to venture out again, and we went on we went on tour together, and we 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 decided we would do Prophet Pearls, and from there we did the Right on Time series. Uh, when I say we, Biblical Foundations Academy, but you were you were definitely uh, a key to that because you and I had, had done a couple years ago where we went to go look for the seventh month, and it's been so amazing uh, the way that you've been willing to be a part of. Uh, the aspect of uh, what we've been teaching. Of course, the ministries are different. There's Nehemiah's Wall and Macora Hebrew Foundation. You can talk about that. With BFA International, we, we've come to just about an end of a, a phase that has really been really, really significant. Um, we produced so many things. And, they, and I think the last count, there's over 50 different presentations, high quality. Some of them have been on television, primetime Christian television. Uh, they've been seen by thousands of people. And we're just now coming to the end. We've just come to the end of that phase we just finished this last calendar year with both a christmas special and a brand new hanukkah special which already uh the numbers of people that are both watching it and commenting and becoming a part of what we're doing is just really encouraging so as we start this next year this next calendar year we have a couple things that are in front of us the only way we're going to do those things that are in front of us is that we've got to have a group of people that really understand the mission of inspiring people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. And we found a creative way for people to do that. One, 
of course, people can always support us. You can go to BFAinternational.com and, and support us. That's certainly one way. But the other is, is to actually be a part of what we call the mission. And the mission is for people to build the biblical foundation for their faith. We now have over 50 presentations that can help you throughout a year, a full calendar year, where you could literally once a week watch something. And I'm saying it would actually help in the building of that of the faith. And we've made it so that it can be free. You can have a seven-day free trial. And if you don't like it, cancel. But if you do, it's going to help us with the next two things. And I'm not going to go into detail on it because this is the end of my minute. But the next two things that we're working on will will be basically the most, in my opinion, the, the most important uh, things that we will do if we can find enough people that will uh, join us in this process. So it is exciting that God has been doing the big things and the small things and the way he's used um, circumstances in, in the ministry of BFA International. And I see that even now that I'm over here in China supporting my wife, but as a result, doors are opening for ministry in ways that I just can't even begin to tell people. It's just amazing. So continue to pray for us. We really do believe that um, he's opening doors and, and, and as a vision comes, provision comes and we believe you can be a part of that so bfainternational.com go to it front page you can even take a look at a lot that we have with no commitment but if you want to go further that's going to help us do what we want to do to reach as many people as we can uh to reach that mission yeah okay um well as you said keith uh, we have different ministries uh mine is called macor hebrew foundation and my main website is nehemiaswall.com and uh, I, I just want to, you know, give a shout out of thanks to the shofar blowers who are standing with me on the wall. You know, there's that <laughs> image I, I keep coming back to of Nehemiah building the wall, and there's two aspects of it. There, there's they're holding the, the 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 weapon in one hand and the building implement in the other, and then there's the mm-hmm. shofar blowers who are warning the people when to use which, and that's empowering the people. You know, that's really what I'm excited about is empowering people with information so they can mm-hmm. do this for themselves and own own the information themselves. Uh, and the mm-hmm. people who are supporting me in doing that, I, I really appreciate that. Um, uh, one of the things I have coming up is um, the Aviv search. Uh, we'll be talking mm-hmm. more about that in the coming episodes. That's where we go mm-hmm. around Israel and we look at the barley, and that's, that, that is the indicator of the beginning of the Hebrew year, uh, the mm-hmm. first new moon after the barley in Israel reaches Aviv. Um, the other thing we've got going on is... Um, you know, I've been doing these support team studies, and, and really, you know, people are like, uh, "Do I have to pay for these studies?" And the answer is absolutely not. Um, in fact, they're not for you. Can't buy them if you want to. They really are just a thank you to the, the people and the folks who have been supporting the ministry, McCor Hebrew Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, just my way of saying thank you, and um, for those trumpeters with me on the wall. Um, and the other thing I want to want to you know ask people to do is, is pray about this. Is you know, I, I'm I'm going to be spending the next few months in the United States. And, uh, you know, I'll have some opportunities to go out and speak and teach. And so if you've got a congregation somewhere, I get people who write to me all the time, you know, oh, we wish we could we could bring you to come speak. But, we, you know, we, we're a small congregation. We don't have a big budget. And, look, I've spoken to everything from, you know, from <laughs> very small to I, th- I, th- I think we once went to an event, the two of us together, and there were 19 people, all the way up to 950, um, you know, and, and on television, you're, you're reaching tens of thousands of people. So I'm really comfortable with, you know, as long as I've got two witnesses that I can preach to, I'm, I'm happy. Um, mm. And uh, so, so think about that of, you know, contacting me through NehemiahsWall.com and setting mm-hmm. up a speaking event and giving giving people around you an opportunity to hear some of these teachings. Mm. Um, you know, that that really is is. You know, and, and look, I've I've taught everywhere from I think the the least I ever did was sixty seconds. <laughs> 
um, in New York. The, each of us had 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And the most I've done is uh, I was actually recently in Hong Kong. I spoke for 12 hours. Um, so last thing, final thing is uh, um, iTunes. People, get over to iTunes and subscribe to Nehemia's Wall podcast so you can get these directly delivered to your phone. If you're an Android person like me, uh, you've come over to the, the side of light the Android device, then you can use any, <laughs> really any device. You can use, you know, po- different, I use Pocket Cast, there's Podcast Republic, there's a whole bunch of different free uh, and pay for uh, podcasts. The, the the podcast itself is free, Nehemi's Wall Podcast. You get Profit Pearls, the original Torah Pearls, and other teachings that I'm sharing. And when, you, so, and there's really three things that we're asking you to do specifically on iTunes, which is subscribe, rate, and review. Those rate mm. and reviews, even if you don't use iTunes, Go into iTunes and give us a rating and a review, and what that does is it helps us get the the podcast in front of other people. They can then see it. People who never mm-hmm. even heard of any of this, who are just looking for solid biblical information, will hear about it if there's a lot of ratings, ratings and reviews. And that is my awesome. ministry minute. Awesome, awesome. Well, it is. A, it's an honor to be able to do this. Uh, we we really are we really are um, grassroots movement here. And I mean, it speaks of speaking to you know so small groups and large groups, and I think it's just amazing. The doors that open and the doors are opening many places. So I hope that people will take advantage of um, get an invitation of inviting you to uh, to come and speak. I think that that would be that would be amazing. So um, now, Nehemiah, this is the last verse. We're going to give yeah. this verse to you. And if, if things cut off, like if you don't hear me, no, it's no. because well, I'll keep talking. <laughs> you just keep talking. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up with this. Go ahead. All right. It says Bayom Hahu on that day. I love that mm-hmm. phrase. Bayom Hahu on that Bayom day. Hahu. At Keren Levet Yisrael. I will cause to grow a horn for the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. And to you I will give an opening of mouth in their midst. And they shall know that I am Yehovah. And, and really there is a lot to talk about in this verse. I want to go to the, the, the maybe the, the strangest part of the verse, and may, maybe the least important, I don't know. But he says, and to you. Who's the you? Mm-hmm. What, what do you have in your translation? Do you have it to you? I will give um, an opening of mouth. On that day, I will make a horn sprout for the house of Israel, and I will yeah. open your mouth in their midst. So who's you? You, I mm-hmm. mean, you has to be Ezekiel. Who else could it be? It, earlier in the in the in the section, um, he says, you know, the word of Jehovah came to me. So what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm. God's going to give him an opening of mouth, and and I like how the JPS has it. It says, um, on that day I will endow the house of Israel with strength. Oh, that's that's not correct, but whatever. Then it says, and you shall be vindicated among them. In other words, when this prophecy is fulfilled, everyone will know that what came out of Ezekiel's mouth was true. Mm. That's pretty cool. Now, apparently mm-hmm. it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Um, mm-hmm. But Ezekiel twenty nine twenty one, we have here on that day, I will. it says, Atzmiach keren, I will cause, literally I will cause to grow a horn. Uh, th- these are words that are so charged with meaning that I mean I- I'm excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so let's talk about atzmiach. The root there is maybe that should have been the word of the week. It's the three letter. We'll have a second one. Tzemach tzamach memchet is the root, mm-hmm. and it means a plant or or a shoot, mm-hmm. or it could also mean a branch. And famously, uh, we have the verse uh, Zechariah Zechariah chapter three, verse eight, which says, "Here now, Joshua the, the high priest." You and your friends who are sitting before you, men of, uh, of 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 miracle, I would translate that. They are men of miracle. For behold, I will bring my servant Tzemach, and and let's see what that is in your King James translation. More familiar for many people. Here now, Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. 
Um, that's very different. <laughs> For behold, mm-hmm. I will bring my servant the branch, and branch is written in my at least my version in capital letters, um, mm-hmm. all caps. Which does that represent Yehovah? No, it's it's the word semach. Um, and then in Zechariah six twelve, it says, "And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Yehovah, of course, says, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, and again in Hebrew it says semach." Um, he shall uh, he shall grow up out of this place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. So who is this branch? And many people believe this branch is the Messiah. And the justification for that, um, of course, some people will point at everything and say, well, that's the Messiah, and that's the Messiah, without really any justification. But there, this is you can make a strong case for this, because Jeremiah 23.5 says, Behold, the days are come, says Jehovah, they will raise up unto David a righteous tzemach, and a king, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. So here we have very clearly what we think of as, at least what Jews think of as the, the Messiah from the line of David, the Davidic Messiah who will be king of Israel. He will be called the Tzemach. In that's three mm-hmm. witnesses, two in uh, you know one in Jeremiah and two in um, in uh, Zechariah. And I believe when it says I will cause to grow here a Tzemach, I will cause to grow here a horn. That that Atzmiach is the same root, and therefore is referring to the Messiah in uh, Ezekiel. I think that's pretty cool. Now, wow. the word Karen, which is horn, um, literally mm-hmm. it says, I will I will cost Tzemach a Karen. So Karen is a word that also, in at least one passage, refers to the Messiah, and that, or a Messiah in any event. So um, 1 Samuel 2.10, it says, this is the, uh, let me read you the King James Version. Um, mm-hmm. It says, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces out of heaven, shall be thunder upon them the lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed and exalt Mm -hmm. the horn of his anointed he will raise up the karen of his mashiach and here we're Mm -hmm. clearly talking about the king we're talking you know i mean Mm -hmm. it says explicitly the king so we're so this is the king messiah um perhaps in the time of samuel but definitely this, this is the image of the king messiah who is referred to as a horn um and of course, horn there is a symbol of two things. One is the strength. You know, you see, uh, you know, those rams mm-hmm. who clash, and that, that's a symbol. Of, even today, you have, the, you know, the ram truck, which has the mm-hmm. symbol as the horn. But even in ancient Israel, that was even more the case. Um, and of course, horn is also a vessel that held the oil, the oil of anointing. Amen. So they would Amen. pour a horn of oil, literally a horn full of olive oil, on someone's head, and that was a sign someone was anointed. They yes. were, they were Mashiach. They were anointed with oil. So I'm excited about this verse. This is a verse foretelling the coming of the Messiah. And when the Messiah comes, we'll all know that Ezekiel was telling the truth. And I love how it ends. V'yad'u ki'ani Yehovah, and they shall know that I am Yehovah. This was all about it. All points back to the, you know, the Messiah will come and we'll know that Yehovah is the one true God. Wow. Well, I just have to say, I, I'm, I'm glad that we took the time to, to, to share that. That's just, that's a pearl, Nehemiah. That's one of those pearls that we love to um, to find. And as, as we continue to um, to go through this process, we're looking for more pearls. We want people to go over to NehemiahsWall.com, BFAInternational.com, and share the pearls that you got out of these passages. Just go to the comment section of both of those websites. If you comment on one, comment on the other. And if you comment on the other one, go on the other one, because we got so many people that, you know, do half or part or some people even go to both but uh, we just want to reach as many people as possible to help them build their faith and yeah what a blessing this is well we made it through another one we can, we can write this one down <laughs> this we made it through the technology you should see Nehemiah I'm here I've got 
I've got a a a a, 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 a Wi-Fi event uh, thing over here. I've got a little Chinese phone. I've got an iPad. I've got a computer. I got my Bibles. I've got these other things going on. I've got three levels of security so that uh, we can keep on doing this. <laughs> And oh, I'm man. not sure where you are, what you're doing, but uh, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're definitely having to make adjustments as you're wandering oh, throughout yeah. <laughs> uh, the United States. So, in the meantime, while we want, while you wander, and I continue to find a right side up and upside down part of the earth, um, we want people to keep reading and watching and studying, and and more than that, can continue to pray that we would be able to continue to bring these pearls from the prophets. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com.